0: MCHD3 Detroit, KMPSHD HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston. And on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast, Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now, 248-545-Soul. New skyradio.com. Believe.
1: What effect is wide acceptance of the paranormal having on society? What kind of people investigate the paranormal? How do you separate fact from fiction? Or can you? Hello there, and welcome to the
2: 284th broadcast of Beyond the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and asking those unusual questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we'll be looking at the paranormal from an unusual angle today, tonight, well, like we normally do. Uh, but this is a different angle. It's effect on modern people and their view of the world.
1: Tim Banal is the founder of the paranormal think tank Banal of America, an online coterie that features both an audio program and a talented staff of writers. As host and producer of the critically acclaimed podcast BOA colon Audio, he has interviewed a vast array of researchers spanning a wide spectrum of disciplines and ranging from bona fide esoteric icons to up-and-coming future players in the paranormal uh, realm. In other words, he's usually on the other side of the microphone where he is tonight. A graduate of uh, Syracuse University, Tim aims to maintain an outsider's perspective on the paranormal world and possesses a keen interest in the personalities and sociology of esoteric studies. He has written for Coast to Coast AM's After Dark magazine, made numerous radio appearances, and gone into the field to explore the mystifying Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts, uh, not far from us, the elusive Oak Island in Nova Scotia, and the haunted Whaley House in San Diego. Tim Benal, welcome to Behind the Paranormal.
3: Hey, guys, how are you doing? Thanks a lot for having me on. It's a real thrill. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, well,
1: we are too, Tim. Uh, and if anyone would like to call in tonight again, I'll remind you of the uh, uh, numbers here at 248-545-7685. Don't ask me whether or not I have a toll-free number, but I'll get in trouble if I complain. Anyway, 248-545-7685, 545-SOUL. So, Ben, take it away. All right.
2: Tim, you're a relatively well-known guy why do you consider yourself a paranormal outsider i mean does it help you observe the insiders better
3: yeah yeah well i always sort of felt like an outsider in the field i came into it with an interest uh like everybody else i guess and uh somehow over time ended up on the other side of the table and and these events and stuff but i always i started out as a fan of all this and i kind of want to keep that maintain that edge, I guess you could say, of being a fan all the time, being sort of more in the same mindset as the listeners and the the people in attendance at conferences than than necessarily the other researchers, you know. I mean, I don't really call them my colleagues or anything like that. I I actually identify more with the the fellow enthusiasts, if you will. So uh, that's kind of my attitude about the whole thing and really the way I look at uh, my body of work, I guess you could say, in the program and and, you know, the interaction and just the development of that sort of grassroots community that has been all of America. Hmm.
2: So what kind of people are the insiders?
3: The insiders like the people who are... <laughs> who you normally like who would you be right stuff. now?
1: People like yeah. that. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, you know, they're on the gamut. They're just like everybody else, you know. Some people are really awesome and cool, and some people are mean and jerks. Uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's life. Um, they're, but they're normal. I mean, that's the real thing I've picked up in my eight-plus years here in the field, going from a fan to being someone that knows all these guys and is actually, like, really good friends with a lot of uh, people in the paranormal community, like some really big names, some up-and-comers, just a whole host of folks that I call my friends and talk to just in regular phone conversations. They're really just normal people who have an interest in the abnormal that is the paranormal. And, you know, they have the same kind of problems that we do. (laughs) They, They have... They have bills to pay, and they have mortgages, and they have kids, and and like like you and uh, like, like like you and Ben Paul, you know. It's, yeah. it's They have they have lives. It's it, it's oftentimes you talk to people and tell them what you do. At least for me, and and like the first response you get is like they sort of raise their eyebrows and think that all these people are crazy, but they're really not. They're just really really fascinated and focused on you know some specific aspect of the paranormal. Just like someone might be really super focused on their fantasy football team or something like that, you know. It's it's everybody has their own interests and
1: yeah. Or my, my wife normal. Ben's uh, Ben's mom upstairs right now watching the Patriots game.
3: I know. I was going to yeah. joke that I should have my head examined for doing this interview right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> during this during this crazy uh, game, but well, you you know, that's you what we always- do.
1: Yeah, you could always have listened to the podcast. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben, can I interject a question here? Ben's got kind of a big question coming up, but uh, the the kind of people I, I've been doing this for what's forty one years this month, if you want to be specific, oh, and wow. looking at the kind of people who investigate the paranormal, they, do you agree that they tend to be loners? I think uh, so, not. Yeah. Maybe loners, but you know. Uh, I find that that everybody's always out there reinventing the wheel. We have very, very few "quote unquote." I think you're looking for introverted. That's the word. You're Perhaps intro. Yeah, you're right, Ben. Perhaps yeah, it,
3: yeah. I know you didn't mean loner in the pejorative sense. You meant yeah. sort of like like what uh what Ben said. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And uh, the result being that at least we found, from a practical sense, that there's a lot of reinvention of the wheel going on in well, well, I pop paranormal research, or, or you know, by the what we call the feral ghost hunters. You know. Uh, they, 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 we have very few of them on the show because I, I really you know with all due respect do not take them all that seriously with with some exceptions and because you know when i started out obviously as you can imagine it was a uh, you know you kept it quiet especially cuz I, I was editor of the local newspaper and it really <laughs> kept it quiet you know and so but today they seem to be all out there doing their own thing there seems to be a lot of politics going on a lot of feuds and intrigues, which are the joy of life for people who join things, uh, too often, I think. Uh, I, am I wrong? I mean, what, it seems to be getting nowhere because they're not working together. And even if they would, maybe that's just as well because none of them seems to know an awful lot in the first place. Am I being too harsh?
3: No, no, I mean, you're right on the money. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a exceedingly cynical about the paranormal community as a whole, you know, all the time. Yeah. Every year that goes by, I get more cynical. It kind of keeps, that's another additional aspect of the whole feeling like I'm an outsider to this group. It's
1: so like, I'm not alone. Okay. I feel
3: no, right. not at all. Okay, not go at ahead. all. Hit,
1: him. Hit him, Ben. All right. Uh,
2: so what paranormal beliefs are changing society? Or are they changing society?
1: Uh, right yeah, now? it seems to be a lot more accepted now than they were when I was a little lad, so.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's. It's sort of like the Big Bang Theory, the show, not the actual theory, in a way. It's sort of like this uh, this geek chicness. I think <laughs> is also translated uh, as, as, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, and the paranormal community uh, has been lifted by this this sort of Comic Con geek chic. Uh, you know, being being into the the strange and unusual is cool now. So, you know, it's it's good for us. It's good for everybody in the paranormal community that people sort of, uh, you know don't don't relegate us to professional wrestling. But, yeah, right. You know, we've we sort yeah. of moved up in, into, like, MMA at this point. So.
1: Well, <laughs> so I, I find it, it frustrating that, yeah, well, well somebody, uh, people ask us why we're not on TV, and there are things going on we, we may be. Uh, but, I mean, it seems like the, the, the networks are far more interested, as I say, in, in, hey, dude, did you hear that, than they are in any serious examination of the implications of what this means. But I, I don't know, I wonder... Well maybe you could comment on this. I wonder how much beliefs really have changed over the years um, the beliefs certainly have i mean wherever we go, people still hold on to the the seance room swill about you know spirits of the dead and channeling and all this and you know there there's something to that but but i i, I think there 's a lot more to it than people realize and it, it takes you in an entirely different direction than death uh, so maybe it 's the people who have changed was is it is it Max Planck who said that uh, new ideas don't get accepted because people accept them. They, they're accepted because people who had the old ideas died and the people with the new ideas simply are still alive. Is that more or less what we're seeing with, with the more general acceptance of the Numbers You can bring it up in play conversation without getting weird looks.
3: See, yeah, but- well, it, you you raise an interesting point that I hadn't really considered before, but I've, I, I've, I've sort of... Of all the, for lack of a better term, paranormal sciences, I've, I find ufology to be the most interesting and sort of uh, I as to why,
1: yeah, the most not of feel. you know, yeah.
3: I'd say a good like 65 percent of uh, my focus goes, and and I've said for a while that you know disclosure will be inevitable because of, like young people will get older and the, like the generational change will result in in you know, this sort of like blanket acceptance of, of the UFO phenomenon, maybe a new look at it. And I think maybe we're seeing that already kind of with this ghost hunting thing because a lot of the ghost hunters are young kids. They are like in their 20s and maybe at, at best like early 30s. Of course, there's plenty out there that are like in their 40s and 50s and 60s, but it definitely seems to be like a youth phenomenon. So yeah, yeah, maybe that's part of kind of what I was always sort of hinting at or thinking about with this generational thing in UFOs. Maybe we're already kind of seeing it with this ghost hunting, but it's just easier. And, you know, you can't UFO hunt, so it's like the closest you can get to, to that. I think also you point out earlier about this, how people in the paranormal community sort of, uh, they're, they're sort of fighting all the time, not really working together and stuff. I think if you pull the camera even further back, I'm a big advocate of sort of like the, the mixing of all these different Genres, because I feel like that way we'll get closer to Amen. what's behind all this. So you know, oh, you're UFO right. people, and the like. And the, the sad part is, it, it's like every group is really anti every other genre. You know, I mean, I've met people and talked to people that that just uh, stun me. They're super ghost hunters, and they have no idea who like Nick Redfern is because Nick right. doesn't do anything with ghosts. And it's like, yeah. how do you not know who Nick Redfern is? Like that's sure. you know, blasphemy. So it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. That's it's just funny. so that's stunning to me and i that i always advocate for more and it seems like that that mood is changing across the board in the paranormal community there are more people saying that that we need to work together and stuff so
1: well you're right yeah, tim you put it very well up uh, i'm the sort of person who has to see it you know i i i don't learn well from people telling me so remember, my wife said to me this morning that i must be from missouri uh <laughs> or Missouri, as they pronounce, I don't know, but i know actually from you know, the 10th generation New Englander here. But I've, I've got to, I grew up through the various layers of the, I suppose, the history of modern pop paranormal research. I started out with you know, Louisa Rine and Ed Lorraine Warren, if you can imagine that combination. Uh, oh, wow. It wasn't a combination, but the, these are the various people I was I'm mentored under, I suppose, uh, and a couple of priests, and this sort because of I was in the seminary. But I've seen the whole thing come from almost nothing up to what it is today, which is an enormous industry. And uh, I, I noticed that up until my my remarkable son here was born, I had a certain, uh, I suppose, blinders on. Now, I had adopted the multiverse approach, uh, the quantum physics approach, in, in the late 70s because I couldn't figure out any other way to explain what I was seeing. <coughs> Excuse me. But as I went, um, Ben would say uh, – you know, in effect, that kind of you know make your eyes a little bit open your eyes a little bit wider, and you're going to see more. He was like what five six years old, so at the age of seven was it, we? we went to that herb farm. Wait, when did I say that? When I was five or six years oh, old? You said all kinds of things when you were like three, four, and two, and you wouldn't believe it. I probably here come the come. baby pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look on the talking points page. Anyway, yeah, no, when you when we went to that down to that herb farm, you said, Dad, they're going to be UFOs involved in this case, and I never took him to anything that was remotely you know, uh, I thought negative or anything. As a matter of fact, the first time he went was to this herb farm, which was just a situation where, gee, we'd like the people called and said, we'd like you to see what's going on here. N- no uh particular goals, no nothing unusual, but just unusual energies and things that were pretty positive. And I said, UFOs, I hadn't thought of that before. And sure enough, uh one of the first things the woman said to us was, um, you know, we've also seen UFOs here on this property. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of other factors. And I said to him, you know, these are various areas of the paranormal. Why wouldn't they be related if this multiverse theory is correct or whatever? So as years have gone by, uh, today it's normal for us to uh, to to be prepared for, for anything. And we have several cases, uh, particularly one in Connecticut that's quite significant that has led us to uh, – UFOs and a possible government operation, and uh, it started with ghosts, who are still there. But it's all part of one great process, I think, that will explain much about the universe, if we can really understand it. So anyway, I don't mean to keep yakking here, because it's your interview. But uh, I'm just, uh, by way of saying that I certainly agree, that we need to look at all areas of the, uh, of the paranormal as, as, as a unified system. Because I think they happen uh, in certain areas, seemingly unrelated, but very much related. Because of the right, problems. right. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Uh And I just... Uh, but I do think there have been certain changes in, in attitudes. When I was a kid, we um, had a lot of people come over the house all the time, my, my parents, and later on, my, my mother, because I was... A, you know, he died. uh We were talking about... Uh, you know, they, they would talk about uh, the church affairs or politics or... The cost of living. <laughs> they should have counted their blessings. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, along comes uh, somebody, you know, with a story. Oh, gee, did you hear what happened to so and so? Or I heard this, uh, and you know, and some everybody would hang on every word of every wh- what we would today call paranormal uh, incident in, in anyone's life. And it was very interesting because maybe people um, are still were as interested then as they are now, but it wasn't uh, a subject that could be brought up as easily among non-friends as among friends. So maybe uh, maybe we haven't changed that much, uh, except in uh, a very critical attitude. Well, that, if you I really know, think
2: about it, like back in the day, like forever ago, medieval times, people would be talking about, oh, yeah, here this werewolves, this dude slay- slew a dragon, crap like that. And like then maybe it changed back to what it used to be, people talking about stuff that just didn't seem
1: normal to them. Yeah, Maybe. Right.
3: Yeah, well, you you also raise a point too that was interesting, you know, when you said that these people in the paranormal are like introverts. That that kind of goes to like what you're saying about it's like this is a difficult subject to talk about with people unless they're fellow travelers. And it's like yeah. it's hard, you oh, know. We got to wrap for a
1: break. To... I'm sorry oh, to interrupt. Sorry. Yeah, listen to me, behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, New Sky Radio. We'll be right back with our guest Tim Bernal. Stay with us.
4: Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste. And Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio, at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, New Horizons, No Boundaries, New Sky Radio, powered by CBS.
5: October 28th, 2010, the bells toll, the participants gather, a circle is formed, and the seance begins. Infinite Spirit, Mother, Father, God, I am but dust in your presence. I asked my guide Stephen to draw close. Thank you. So it begins. An angry, channeled voice comes through the medium. Too many of you out there have false hopes and false dreams. Yet you do not go and do anything about them to change. It's because you're a victim. That was then. Who will come through this year? Be part of the circle and find out, if you dare, when Reverend Tim Shaw Marla Brooks conduct their live annual Halloween seance on October 27th at 8pm Eastern exclusively on the
0: Para-X and New Sky Radio networks. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545-SOL NewSkyRadio.com
2: Alright, Uh welcome back to Beyond the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and we have our really wonderful guest, Tim Benal. So we were talking about how things have changed, people's ideas about the paranormal and how it's becoming more normal, maybe, in conversations. So now we're just going to move on to a completely different subject. So what is your opinion about the paranormal or the reality of the paranormal, Tim?
3: Oh boy, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> um, I kind of... Uh, Paul alluded to the multiverse theory earlier. I sort of fall similarly in sort of that kind of realm, in a sense. Uh, you know, it's, I just don't really believe like anything anymore after having <laughs> talked to so many people. I mean, when I started out, I was pretty sure that UFOs were aliens from another planet that were coming here, but now having talked to so many different experts on the subject, it's like I have far less of an idea of what it could be. You know, it, yeah. it, it splits the question into a million smaller questions so like the more focused you get into these fields like you know same with Bigfoot you know I thought Bigfoot was just a lost animal that people were you know seeing randomly and eventually they're going to get it now it's like I don't know could Bigfoot be some kind of interdimensional thing could Bigfoot be an alien who knows you know it's like (laughs) yeah it's completely it's murky my whole view of the paranormal more I look into it sort of like going down the rabbit hole
1: Maybe that's just as well. Preconceived notions can can sink you in this game. And then but, that also leads to a different point: what exactly constitutes an expert? Yeah, that's, that's true. true.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I do. I suppose I could say that I use that term when you're talking about a paranormal expert. You really, you know, with scare quotes around it. I think. Uh, I think so does, too.
1: Well, there's a saying uh, I can't remember who said it, but there are no experts in this field. Only people with interesting theories. <laughs> you know.
3: that's true that's yeah. true yeah yeah. the people who say they know things are sometimes the the most annoying and scariest because they yeah. have, they don't know that, what are talking and, and about there,
1: there comes a point and maybe it's because I'm pushing 60 here but there comes a point where there's some things uh, in my personal opinion that, that I have just had to accept you know because uh, we are constantly railing on this show against western thinking um, we, we just don't think like the scientific method demands that we do you know in a sort of materialist narrow sense we question even Descartes uh, idea that um, you know I think therefore I am because even he did on his deathbed he said even that's not good enough and I you know we start with zero you know the uh, tabula rasa I guess as Aristotle might say and we simply write on it as best we can I suppose on the viewpoint of experience if you can trust your five senses uh, because there are more than five senses I'm sure but um anyway we we um i i I was brought up you know in a religious family and I was in the seminary studying for the priesthood and I had certain preconceived notions and as soon as I started investigating the paranormal they all got shot down and all the paranormal orthodoxy got shot down too all the, all the uh, the classical stuff so um, what's what's been your experience as far as coming into this subject as an outsider and trying to remain so and uh as you say, you just have have no particular belief system, and you're willing to learn. Is that is that how it stands?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because it's too much. It's like then you see you see these people. Well, I've talked to people that that, that sort of their focus is a theory of some kind, and it's like that, that becomes your life, really.
1: It and, can, yeah, yeah. You know,
3: and it's like they, they read the newspaper and like all they they see the world through this filter that that exists within this conspiracy or whatever that they believe in, and it's like. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my world. I don't no. want to have my world like shattered by like like the old like that Mel Gibson uh, conspiracy theory movie. You know, it's like that, it's that part yeah. of it's that. You know, it's how can the minute I start believing one sort of thing or believing in something in the paranormal, like something else will come along. It'll be like, wait a minute, now hold on, this changes this and that and the other thing. So it's like I've, I've sort of gotten so used to the chaos of it all that. I sort of have given in to the chaos by not really subscribing hardcore to any sort of belief or, or, you know, theory or anything like that.
2: Okay, Ben's got a good question. All right, so have you had any paranormal experiences yourself?
3: Not really, no. No, I've had like maybe one sort of ghostly encounter type thing that really wasn't too glamorous and and, uh,
1: (laughs) that's like it. Was it Marilyn Monroe or anything?
3: No, 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 no. But I've never seen a UFO or a Bigfoot or anything like that.
1: How do you uh, know that? Fortunately, how do you know?
3: Um, I think I would remember, wouldn't I?
1: Well, I don't know. This gets into uh, my, I don't know this next point. I guess uh, you you just outlined uh, my guilt as far as sort of uh, focusing on a certain point of view. Uh, as I say, you know, maybe I get to, you, know, you get to a certain age and you just you're, you're ready to maybe settle down and. Uh, for the past um, I it's at like least, getting married. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I can't speak for Ben here, but he, I know, we, we both lived this this kind of multiverse lifestyle, and it has become a, a very natural for us, anyway. Kind of, shall I say, spirituality, uh, because it has tied in with a lot of our experiences with shamans and stuff. But I'm very careful to keep feet on the ground. I know Ben is too, especially on the air. And once in a while, we'll kind of go out on a limb as as we did on Coast to Coast on May 16th. <laughs> haven't heard the end of that yet. But, uh, I don't know, I suppose, um, but with with that particular multiverse point of view, it, it, it allows anything. So it, it doesn't, I haven't found, at least for us, that it has narrowed our point of view, it's kind of broadened it to an extraordinary degree, because the very nature of the quantum idea of the multiverse, as it is understood by many, is very, very broadening, um, mind opening and uh, allowing all possibilities to exist so I suppose in a way it's not all that it's not confining at all it's just the opposite that's how we see it anyway but everybody has their own
3: path no I agree with you I, I agree with you about that it's sort of like once you once you sort of get hip to the paranormal in general it does change the way you see the world that's not necessarily a bad thing unless you, you go so far to the extreme
1: oh yeah like I was saying yeah. earlier you know
3: but when you when you first develop sort of this interest you uh, you know, it, just, it It changes the way you see the world, and it's hard. You can't really unchange it. Yeah. And it, it it goes in degrees of like, like I said, there's a super hardcore people that it's completely changed their lives. And then for somebody like me, my, my attitude is just sort of like, there's something, you know, there's something happening here, but we don't know what it is, like Bob Dylan said. You know, there's something yeah. happening. We're not I'm sure, not sure what it is. It. What's that?
1: <laughs> Bob Dylan is a great poet, but I think he has an awful voice. I shouldn't say it. so as long as he doesn't sing it, I'll listen to
3: it. <laughs> but I think that's the that's that's sort of my feeling. As You know, that's sort of like my mantra as I go off into the world. It's yeah, like, I hear you. I hear you know, and a lot of people don't, most people don't, you know, even take that step to acknowledge that. You know, yeah. well, I'm not talking about people in the paranormal community. I'm talking about, like, people you work with or people you run into, people you meet at a bar. It's like, you know... They 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 have the same problems we do. Just like these people in the paranormal community, they have they, they you know they're worried about losing their job or worried about paying their mortgage or whatever. And it's yeah. like they don't have time to stop and think about the greater mystery of life and what's what's going on here and how there is something that there's a lot that we don't know.
1: Oh, we don't <laughs> know they, you know, know anything, really. people are to think afraid
3: it. to really like think that. You know? Yeah, yeah. They want to know everything all the time.
1: Do you think that is part of the? The, one of the causes or results of people's uh, the, the narrowness we brought up before was that people just can't handle more than they than they have, you know. So, so therefore, they concentrate on one uh, cause or, 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 or aspect of the paranormal, or just UFOs, or just you think it's because we we just we, we can't see the bigger picture, we we can't handle it. Some people, anyway.
3: Yeah, some people probably yeah. Yeah, but other people, I think it's just like a personal, a matter of personal taste. Yeah, like somehow they just—it's like music, you know? Like that. Like they may, they may love the Beatles, but they don't like Bob Dylan. So it's like, it's like <laughs> hey, I really like UFOs, but you know, I just don't. You know, Bigfoot doesn't do it for me. Like I've talked with Nick Redfern about this sort of stuff because he—he's really into a whole bunch of different subjects. Oh, he is. He's like, he's like, but the one, you know, he's not really interested in ghosts.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, he's on the show. We, we know Nick. You know? He's uh, he, he's a wealth of information, and and his, his, he has some brilliant insights. But uh, well, no, he just the, uh, the the place of ghosts and the thing. But you know, he doesn't think that that really tells the whole story. Not neither do we. Right,
3: right. Yeah. It's like he chooses not to sort of go down that road. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's fine. Like that. Uh-huh. So I think it's I think it's like a it's like a matter of personal taste as far as what people are interested in.
1: Okay.
2: So how do you, know? you feel about people who? are trying to prove that ghosts exist to science or this exists to science or they try to debunk things.
3: So so that's two different kinds of people then. You mean, so what I think of people... Hold on, just giving
2: a broad broad spectrum of people trying to prove, oh yeah, this totally happens, or nope, this isn't happening.
3: Well, skeptics in general are a troublesome lot because they generally don't seem to have done the research on the subject to do any legitimate sort of debunking. It's always
1: yeah, I mean, they always seem to not
3: yeah. not really be uh, on top of things. I'm sure there's a handful that that are or were Sir Philip Class was, but it's like nowadays Bill Nye the science guy, you know, I, I seriously doubt he's read like any of the
1: of the but literature. Or as Stan Friedman calls him Bill Bill Nye the denial guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and and, and and you can't like prove a negative, so they can't really you know, it's like an endless cycle of insanity. And then for the people who are trying to to prove it, you know, more power to them. Um, but I, I find myself disillusioned with, like, what you guys, I love this term, the feral ghost hunters. It's like, you know, I was saying on the show a few weeks ago, on my show, it's like, if we, something doesn't add up, because we've got teams of people uh, out into the into the community looking for ghosts every weekend, there's probably, like, in the thousands of people every week. Every oh, weekend, easily. You know, where is the... And this has been going on for, like, you know, I'd say close to a decade now. Easily. So it's like, where... <laughs> so just by that sheer accumulation of people out there doing the research on this ghost thing, it doesn't add up that we haven't gotten further because we, the manpower that's been put into this is tremendous.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I watched the rhymes I didn't know... Uh... JB, really, at all, but his wife, Eliza, and I, we we corresponded. I was, you know, really young, of course, and uh, she died in the 80s, but they were respected scientists, and for for 50 years, they were trying to prove it, and and they they could, you know, the uh, uh, statistics, didn't, you know, the the, uh, uh, various results were not accepted, and, uh, you know, they said they can't have enough control. (laughs) Excuse me, and, and this is This was a problem for mainstream parapsychology that was um, sort of uh, fed into and and, and, uh, worked in, uh, so to speak, by legitimate scientists, people with psychology degrees and PhDs, and and that wasn't accepted. And and I often will say to these these well-meaning people, the the ghost hunters or whatever, you know, what what do you really expect – that any legitimate scientist is going to accept anything you say and do, because they sort of look at, the, at this group as a bunch of you know well-meaning clowns, perhaps at best, and they don't. They have all sorts of engineering tools and and, and devices and goofy gadgets that I would laugh at, frankly, maybe because I never used them in the. It was all seat of the pants in the early days, but. Uh, they really don't know how to use. I, I sat at a conference. I, I guess my better judgment. I went to a conference. Uh, I was invited to speak at a conference in Florida, in uh, a number of years ago, on for beginning ghost hunters. And I um, sat there in front of 200 people, and uh, I, I said, and, and you know, they expected me to say certain things, and I said, "What would uh, somebody asked me? What would your advice be to the beginning ghost hunter?" And I would say, "Don't." They all looked at me. I said, "You know, it's, just, it, it's you don't have any idea what you're doing. If you run into something negative, it can be a serious problem. You can mess up people's lives, you know, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. But then I looked at it and said, "Well, here we all are, so we might as well talk about it." But it 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 really it hadn't occurred to people, you know, that they maybe shouldn't do it. Everybody asks how to do it, you know, when to do it, where to do it, but they don't ask. Should we? should I do it? And my answer is no, unless you have <laughs> extraordinary experience or extraordinary support and some reason to do it. Um, you, you'll you have, I think, enough of your hands full, so to speak, with um, the paranormal in your own life. I mean, if you really start to see see things happening or your family has an issue or something. Anyway, that's another story. But I just um, I don't understand how they expect to prove anything to science. Yeah, we got to, We only have a minute left here. Rather than be late, I'm going to take the break now. So, uh, Tim, if you'd stand by, we're uh, listening. You're listening to behind the paranormal with CBS uh, New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com, and we'll be right back. we continuing our conversation with Tim Benal, our guest this evening. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio the Sky with you wherever
5: you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
0: is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 New NewSkyRadio.com. Believe.
1: Okay, we're back. Behind the Paranormal. And we have our guest, Tim Banal of America.com. And I want to give him a chance right now, uh, before we get too far along here in our hour, to tell us about his website, and something about his work and anything else you'd like to promote
3: uh okay yeah well the website's been all of America and it's uh b-i-n-n-a-l-l of com. and uh the show's BOA Audio that's the podcast I do I've been doing that for six years now and we've interviewed just about everybody under the sun in the paranormal community uh you know the, the list of people we have in <laughs> is is shrinking all the time and and, uh, you know, it's we do it seasonally, so it sort of runs for a few months a year, and then I take a few months off. And uh, this year it's been sort of focused on a lot of fringe stuff. So we've done uh, spontaneous human combustion, and uh, Michael Jackson death hoax was one we just put up. Yep. And uh, we're going to be doing one about uh, killer equines. So we're trying to do some really strange, really fringe elements of the paranormal because I've been doing it for so long it's like, I enjoy UFOs and Bigfoot and stuff, but it's, like, it's so hard to get a fresh take on things after a while, and, 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 you know, I don't don't like to revisit the same stuff, so. Yeah, sounds good. So
1: that's kind of what we try to do, yeah. Yeah, we uh, every once in a while we'll do a show on ex- the extreme paranormal, the weirdest stuff we can find, like Bigfoot carrying a lunchbox and walking along highway <laughs> in North Coast, stuff like that. Anyway, let, let's get a little bit into UFOs because we've been um, concentrating on other things really uh, largely. We had uh, Steve Bassett on last week, who was the one of the main uh, advocates of disclosure, and uh, of course this raises certain basic questions in our opinion. And I asked Steve – Steve's a wonderful guy, very dedicated, admire him very much as a hero as far as I'm concerned. But I said, Steve, you know, what if there are things that shouldn't be disclosed? What if there really are – first of all, what if the government – the government may not know anything anyway. But what if they do and certain things really could create social chaos? Suppose what we're looking at is not what we expect, something so beyond our experience as a species – that it really would create a problem. What's your opinion on that sort of thing and on disclosure in general? He said it should be disclosed anyway. You think? Yeah,
3: I've heard his. I've heard his take on these sort of issues. It's it's, yeah. it's an interesting point that you know maybe they're not disclosing for our own good. It seems that a lot of people have come around to that idea. I mean, I, I'm exceedingly cynical about disclosure in general, just because I've been around long enough and I've seen way too many predictions. That it was going to happen, and I've only been in this for like eight years, and I've probably seen eight, you know, predictions of eminent disclosure that, you know, and those were I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call them quality predictions, but you know, they were stronger predictions. You know, they were stated by people of some authority in the field, if you will. So it's it's, you know, it's it, it sort of wears you down to the point where you're like, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like when it happens, it's going to be something completely crazy. You know, we we'll never expect it. Sort of like the whole thing about the guy who predicted uh, the uh, the rapture in, in May. You
1: know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was always it's like
3: it's never gonna it's never gonna be something that's like right around the corner and it happens. You know, it's gonna be like what happened when they when they got Osama bin Laden. It's like yeah. all of a sudden, boom! Sunday night at <laughs> Sunday night at ten o'clock at night. You know, you're watching the baseball game and it's like, oh, turn on CNN. They they got Osama bin Laden. It's like, Whoa, what what is that all about? You know, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah. I think it's going to be like that. It's going to be like, yeah. you know, we'll be watching TV and they'll be like, "Hey, turn on, turn on CNN and a UFO just crashed." And you know, it's going to be like, "Whoa, you know, the world has changed." You know? Well, there's
1: always somebody <laughs> not going to believe it. I mean, you, 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 uh, yeah, you you have you have the, the extremely gullible. Uh, I'm very careful with. I've always relied a lot on photography when doing ghost research, right? But you have to be extremely careful. I, like, you know, I, I myself have professional photographic training that I got in the military. And I still submit it to other people to look at first. And, and I never say this is definitely something, this you know, possible anomaly and judge for yourself. But I find that in general, uh, going back to what we said about the kind of people who investigate these things, that and, and I think Ben agrees with me on this, that the UFO researchers tend to be more careful. Uh, I find that they tend to be somewhat, at least in general, somewhat older, Maybe more experience because I know an awful lot of stupid old people. But I mean, there are people with experience who who generally are credible people. You know, as as I don't know, have you found the same thing? And I wonder why are ghost research is less so. If they are,
3: that's an interesting point. Uh, well, I think because ufology has people who stuck with it for so long. You know, it's got like that old guard thing. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people have been interested in the UFO phenomenon for like a long time. Very true. Maybe it's sort of like with ghosts. You know, I haven't really examined like the history of ghost research as much as I have UFO research. But it's like maybe it just doesn't have that longevity aspect. But well, there are plenty of people who have been you know researching ghosts for decades. But it's like it, it seems like the you know that's the exception more than the rule. And with Very the, ecology, much so. it's the yeah. other way around.
1: Yeah. That's true, and uh, those who have been researching ghosts for for decades, I found that they, as I say, when you know when I started out, they, the the ideas were very largely exactly the same as they are today, except for the small cadre, I suppose, like us who, who have gone off into the the uh, the possible quantum slash multiverse uh, explanation for you know, po- or possible explanation for these phenomena. But all the rest is it's still the nineteenth century. It seems, it seems to me, right.
3: But that's not true
1: among UFO researchers.
3: Yeah, well, with with the UFO phenomenon, it's gone through all these permutations over the last, you know, since since the start of the modern era, since the Roswell-Kenneth Arnold thing. You know, it was like flying saucers, contactees, abductees, crop circles, cattle mutilations. Then you get the MJ-12 thing, and it's like, you know, then the Roswell story burst in the 80s, and it's like, you know, it's always changing. It's always sort of evolving. If anything, ufology's gotten stagnant, like, in the last 10 years. Like, we haven't really seen sort of the next step in the evolution of this whole thing, except for the well, rise of techno-politics yeah. and this disclosure thing.
1: Right. Well, I wonder if we haven't seen a step forward in the sense of a change in the phenomenon. Because talking to Ted Phillips, a uh, well-known collector of UFO, particularly of, 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 of physical evidence of landings, UFO landing. He pointed out when he was on the show last year late last year that that we have a new sort of a manifestation there seem to be less and less sightings of metallic craft uh, you know landing and stuff than there are of what some people might call orbs that are so well known in in ghost phenomena and I wonder if uh, the phenomena sometimes may be. Viewed from the viewpoint of whatever we're researching, in other words, if you see the orb thing and that, that 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 whole the orb phenomenon is an entirely different, you know, subject. I mean, we could do a whole show on that or, or three or four, and people are seeing that in UFO type situations. If you if you if you're following me here. In other words, you know, everybody comes running to, oh, look at the photographs of the orbs we got. You know, which could, just could be anything; it could be dust, could be anything. Uh, and then at the same time, people are seeing them with the naked eye. I mean, I've seen them with the naked eye, but the, the particular setting was was a uh, an area right near a cemetery, and the air goal you assume it's uh, some sort of. uh energy-related thing that has to do with, with uh, perhaps the ghost research you're working on. Or if you see them higher up, you say, aha, UFO, I think it depends on the situation, but, yeah, but the, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the orb yeah. thing seems to be taking over from the metallic craft, according to people like Ted, uh, you know, in, in maybe the last five to ten years. And what say you?
3: Uh, that's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Uh, I'm, I'm at a disadvantage, I guess you would say, uh in even speculating it, because my eyes have glossed over to to UFO reports. Yeah. I I mean, hats off to Ted Phillips and guys like Peter Davenport who still collect these cases and everything, but it's like... I I mean, I've read books like about incidents in the 70s or whatever that just had tons and tons and tons of UFO... I mean, this has been going on... It's kind of like what we were saying earlier about the ghost hunting thing. It's like the the, the accumulation of all this evidence is, is... mind-boggling, because it seems to indicate that we haven't actually got, we haven't been collecting the right kind of evidence. You know, it's like, the, maybe maybe we're like old 18th century cops, and we're missing all the actual forensic evidence that <laughs> that,
1: that yeah, you know, the modern-day police
3: would look for. So, I feel it, it's something like that, I think, and, and like I said, so I don't follow really, you know, I, like, God bless Roger Marsh, I get emails from him constantly with the latest UFO uh sighting reports and yeah, it's like
1: yeah
3: you know I, I'll, I'll take a look at them every once and again but it's like you know okay this guy in, in you know wisconsin saw a ufo here and you know this guy down in tallahassee saw one and you know someone over in phoenix saw one recently or whatever you know And it's like huh you know what i i
1: well it's overwhelming people,
3: people always ask me like you know well, what did you think of whatever the big UFO event du jour is at the time? You know, but the one I recently was asked about was, like, the Jerusalem UFO thing, the temple uh, one.
5: Mm. And I was, just,
3: I was just like, you know, someone asked me what I think of it. It's like I really just don't. I don't. I don't think of it because it's like I don't get excited about big UFO stories like that because if it was really the big one, it, it would already have transcended uh, us talking about it. So it's kind of, like again it goes to like this cynical side of me yeah. and this disclosure part of it where it's like you know it we sightings aren't good enough anymore it's like for me at least um yeah. you know unless it's the one that ends the whole story
1: yeah you know or
3: turns the page i guess you could say because the story would go on quite a while after that but i uh, you know so i'm looking for the the page turner uh, of UFO events and i just don't think that's going to happen or it'll happen so fast that <laughs> That, that uh, you know, sitting and reading my emails won't – that's not how it's going to happen, I guess you'd well, say. Yeah. You know, the page-turning UFO case is not going to be just randomly posted on a website somewhere out of nowhere, you know, unless something crazy happens, So obviously.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, oh, wait, we have one – oh, another break coming up. I'm going to – start right now. I'm not even going to ask another question after the break as we're getting into the conversation uh, that I find absolutely fascinating here. Anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on CBS News Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. We'll be right back with our guest Tim Benal to continue our discussion about paranormal and, I suppose, life, sociology, yeah. what it does to people, what it should, what it should. Anyway, we'll be right back, so stay with us.
0: Enlighten. Empower enrich this is cbs radio's the new sky new horizons no boundaries all day long we're devoted to your emotional physical and spiritual well-being with your direct connect to the stars lisa j smith the dr pat show liz souza barbara mackie Glennis mccantz the wake-up call with l newman and tom force Let us know how we're doing 248-545-7685 Log on NewSkyRadio.com 24 hours a day Your spiritual well-being is our concern Awaken the extraordinary Live the life you've imagined Look up to the sky CBS Radio's The New Sky NewSkyRadio.com New Horizons No Boundaries
4: Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste and Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio, at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. New Sky Radio, powered by CBS. Join Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Psychic
0: Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe
1: banal of banal of america.com we will give him another chance to talk about the website before we go but I, I just wanted to get into a little bit tim uh the issue of um ufo page turners so to speak And know you say yeah you know there's so much information coming in i think it's coming in because the paranormal is not is nothing of the kind in my opinion it's a normal part of life it happens every day in small we don't even notice it. Ah, oh, it's one of those things, you know, with that cargo that was writing back at me, maybe, maybe not. But I think that it's a normal part of life. So we are overwhelmed by the more dramatic things. But I'm wondering if we really would pick up on the case that ends it all, the, the sighting that really defines things, the sighting that gets the world's attention. Because, you know, as, as I say, you know, for the believer, no proof is required. For the unbeliever, no proof is ever enough. Which is why you can't prove anything in science. Because I, I, I don't know. I just maybe I'm a little more cynical. Even than you are when it comes to that point, point. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I was during the break. I mentioned the Rendlesham affair. We did sixteen hours on the air while that with, with, oh, wow. with the, the major witnesses, uh, all the you know Nick Pope, Stan Friedman, uh, Linda Bolton, how all the big names, and we got. I'm not going to say nowhere. Well, we have since then, but I think that. We uh, examined the case from every possible angle, and, and if that wasn't a page-turner, there is no such thing in my opinion, but uh, it's still relatively unknown. What say you?
3: It's, yeah, maybe maybe a better analogy would be sort of like it's, it, you know, we need a straw to break the camel's back.
1: <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> what would terrific, that be?
3: That would be whatever the breakthrough case is that sort of like just, just convinces all the people that aren't us. You know, well, what kind of scenario? Would,
1: well, like landing on the White House lawn instead of talking that's to Farmer next. Brown, or I mean, what?
3: yeah, but not as cliche as that. You know, right. some kind of UFO incident is in, indisputable. You know that they're like, all right, it's over.
1: Well, you're, that's, you're that's, aware that, that there's a there's a conspiracy theory out there that the government, you know, has oh, yeah, technology the theory, to yeah. use holograms to create this and. You know, to further their control and all this business. I mean, what, the thing is, I mean, the point is, you know, uh, an alien could land and punch some people in the nose, as in the Gary Larson cartoon. You know, that Joe didn't know what hit him, and uh, then take off again. And uh, some people aren't going to believe. I mean, what, people believe what they want to believe. So I'm not really enthusiastic about the possibility of disclosure. And we we get people, exopolitics people, on the air all the time when we hit them with this, and now they they just they're focused on it and they want to see it, and you know, I don't know. That's about as far as we can get.
3: Right, right. And and I guess to go back a little bit to this this thing about the page turner, it's sort of also like the idea. That it doesn't necessarily have to be a UFO event. It could be just like some other highly respected government announces UFOs are real. You know, like yeah, oh the yeah. British government yeah. or something. And sure. it's like, okay, now things have changed. You know, but I, that's I guess that's the point I make is just that like the in the world of UFO news, if you will. I don't find much of it compelling anymore because I don't think, you know. And I, I think you're right that we could miss something. We could miss whatever the big thing is, but it's not even up to us really. It's it's beyond our control. It's like up to the media that that reaches, you know, millions and millions of people, you know. And it's like it's it, it's that we're hamstrung by that problem too. Yeah, that's we true. May, we may we we may find the 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 ultimate UFO case, but if no one reports on it, then you know you have Rendlesham. <laughs> well, well, we had
1: Redelshim and we know. had we had Paul Hellier, the former Canadian Defense Minister. We had him on twice. We had him on uh, this show and on, on our Boston Providence show, and, and uh, he, you know, is, is talking about this, that, and the other thing. And the former Defense Minister of Canada, you know, certainly a, a, a credible government, and then nobody, you know, people don't pay any attention. Yeah. But what does it yeah. take? So, I, so I, I, I just that's why I, I'm know. so frustrated.
2: Well, even the, mm. the, the UFO conferences, they had uh, – where was it? New York that, like, organized and all these scientific figures came up and they said, I know what I saw. Even, like, even when the news did report on it, they didn't take it seriously. Like, they, they played, like, the X-Files, like, theme song and were like,
1: ooh. Oh, and the UFOs uh, and the nukes thing at the uh, National Press Club.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. They but you're right. It's
1: seriously. the media. when as I'm ashamed of my profession because the media just, uh, you know, doesn't uh, – It decides what it's going to take seriously. Now, it's funny. I never sat in an editorial meeting at the the Providence Journal, for example, where I was a a minor editor for years. And I never had anybody say, well, we're not going to cover this or or, or this is stupid or whatever. You know what they did? One of my jobs was to watch CNN and see what they were doing. I mean, heaven forbid we think for ourselves. (laughs) And wow. now, now, again, this goes back, you know, I left there in 1990, so maybe it's different now. It's probably worse. Uh, but I said, what am I doing? But I got paid good money to, to I was on the wire desk, you know, picking what stories would go in that paper, and I was supposed to look and see what CNN was was covering. You know, and uh, didn't always go by that, but it was considered a major whoa, you know, kind of whoa, you know, you, what are they doing? So...
3: right, right. Well, yeah, I, thing- I couldn't get over that. You raised an interesting point, too, that it, it, now I'm thinking more about this conversation we're having, and it's like we, we've sort of talked earlier about how people interested in the paranormal are introverted and sort of have to seek out fellow enthusiasts. And I think maybe th- this is part of some larger, role, uh, excuse me, larger cultural issue here in America, where you know th- that that on a, ma- uh, on a micro level extends all the way up, like to the media, you know, where maybe people just are afraid to take that step and say that they want to treat this thing seriously because they're afraid they're going to get laughed at by the other people in the, you know, in the writer's room or whatever. you be right, so,
1: yeah. You yeah. know, and
3: it's like, it goes, from, it goes from on your local level all the way up to, you know, maybe even Congress.
1: Well, you know? maybe. <laughs> now, just having been in that position, um, I was, you know, working on paranormal stuff all the way through my journalism career. My uh, publisher... At the smaller paper I edited, knew about. and then finally at the, the Metro Daily, the, the Province Journal, uh, I, was, I was taken very seriously. I, I don't know why, maybe I was just lucky, but occasionally I'd be called upon to write something or to be interviewed about some some case I'd done or something like that. But I still played it very close to the vest. But I was surprised by how much respect the subject was given when they knew someone who whom they believed was credible whom they worked with every day who took a serious approach to it now that um, that that qualifies it quite a bit but um i don't know oh we're, we're down to 1 minute i'm going to have to let you go we're pretty much flat out of time uh, tim thank you very much uh, we're going to have you back because i feel like we just began the conversation go oh, i had I'm a great time, time Paul. everybody thank you very much <laughs> Okay, I want to thank our producer, Will Kosnick, and we're pretty much out of time, but next week we're going to have Dr. Andrew Nichols, uh, parapsychologist, psychologist for a look at investigating poltergeists.
2: All right, so, in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time Show on WO 1240 AM and worldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday, and you can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And
1: again, we usually don't talk that fast, but we leave you with a thought from American author Robert Byrne. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. See you next time.